Welcome to You Get a Rose, the Matt James season. I'm your host, Hannah W. And I'm your host, J. Ike Diggs. That's right. You heard it right. We got two hosts this season, and I'm so excited. Flam, flam. Whoop. Um, if you listened to last season, you would have heard Jay already in the final, was it the final? No, second to last episode. Or second to last episode. Yes. And we just decided it was just a match made in heaven. We couldn't ever be apart again. So here we are co-hosting the season with Matt James as our first black bachelor and potentially the tallest bachelor we've ever had. I have never seen Chris Hansen react to somebody's height. Chris Hansen, like if he you did to Matt James's height. You keep calling him Chris Hansen every time you talk about him. You talk about him like his name is Chris Hansen. It's Chris Hansen. Oh no. Because <laughs> <laughs> Chris Hansen is Yeah, the, the guy, the pedophile guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ah, some of our guests in the past have called him Chris Harrington. Many have called him Chris Hansen. His name is Chris Harrison, but I like I like thinking that he's not different enough for you to remember that. <laughs> We're off to a great start. <laughs> ah, speaking of a great start, uh, this episode was just like, you know, every first episode of a season, I'm usually kind of bored and like trying to figure out who people are. But mm -hmm. I was already jumping on some women's teams. I'm like fully pro Matt James. I'm feeling very invested in the season after night one. What are your like initial feelings? Wow. Um, I don't know if I have that full initial investment. Um, I am really paying attention to, first of all, the number of women of color that they have mm -hmm. brought on for the season as they got mm -hmm. out of the out of the limos. It was like very few white women. I so did the I math my on eye it. on that. I did the oh, math on that. Of course. Uh, we yes. can talk about it in a minute. You so keep continue on about talk your first about impressions. That. Yeah. Um, and then just my other really quick first impression is the way that they are attempting to make people's dating preferences around race apolitical mm -hmm. so maybe we can get into that a little bit oh in yes a moment as well. we definitely can i noticed that but too. those were the two things where my eyes were like here's wide open you know i feel like i'm this episode i really tuned into the way that abc is attempting to talk about race while not talking directly about it Perfect. Well, we're on the same page. There. Yeah, we're on the same page. Well, still being the most direct that the AB, that ABC has ever been. Has ever been. Yeah. And what's funny about it is um, the Matt James and the other folks on the show, too. It's like they already know the ways that they have to skirt around uh -huh. certain racial identifiers, certain they're. They're very good at circling around the issues. Mm -hmm. It's almost yeah. as if they've had practice. It's almost as if they were told over the two weeks that they spent in that hotel room alone, <laughs> here's a script you should study and kind of how you should talk. Yeah, it was bizarre because it was both, um, it was exhilarating to hear some of the women be like, you know, it's meaningful for me to see a black man on TV in this role. Mm. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. that's never been said on, on ABC Mm -hmm. before or the bachelor before 
And then also at the same time, there was a lot of like, well, I just, you know, for me, it's about the diversity and representation. Like those words just didn't really have, they're very like soft and meaningless. Right. It's all extremely diluted. And, um, you know, I think the first conversation that comes to mind where I was really tuning in um, to the way they were talking about race was in before the women start to come out of the limo. Yeah. And Matt James said, I'd like to sit down with you. Harrison. That that conversation was so, so odd to me because, number one, I liked the I liked the stuff that Matt James said in it. But the fact that they didn't just say, hey, we're going to have a conversation about the fact that we're attempting to have the first black bachelor on TV after being criticized for not having a a black bachelor up until this point and for being criticized for a lot of our behind the scenes practices and on screen practices. But instead they were just like, oh, Matt is initiating this conversation. We're going to move to this random room that's perfectly set up for it. (laughs) And the best part was when Chris Harrison acted surprised. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk in this room with this perfect fireplace? The women are on their way. (laughs) Matt James. They're on their way from the other part of this resort. So, yeah. And then when they sat down and had that conversation, um, you know, Matt, he seems like a very nervous individual. And maybe Uh it's just, you know, he's an athlete. So I'm sure in other realms of his life, he's very comfortable. And, you know, he's on TV and there's a lot of pressure, as he mentioned. So he just seems very unsure of himself. Yes. I think. Yes. He does. Did you notice that as well? He seems really unsure of himself, and he also seems bizarrely self-aware for a Bachelor contestant. Like, sure. he knows he knows exactly where his shortcomings are, and he knows that he's nervous, and he's, and he's yes. able to speak about it, which is, yes. it's mind-boggling, because it's usually, you yes. see the lead, and they're just like, I don't know, I don't know what's wrong with me, and he's like... I've struggled to be vulnerable because I've felt abandoned in my life and I have a child of divorce and that has made me feel this certain way. Like he's very self-aware, like he's been in therapy before. <laughs> and also, Absolutely. I, think, I think you're right that like he has also practiced this conversation because as he mentions many times, he feels really pressured to do it right as the first Black Bachelor. Yes. And I found it super entertaining um, the way that Chris Harrison... I still want to say Hanson. It's going to take a minute. <laughs> Chris H. Um, the way I typed it in front of me so that I would say it correctly each time. That's how serious this is. Because <laughs> um, it's like middle-aged white host named Gotta Chris. Got to get it right. You know, he could be any, but, um, any Chris. <laughs> the way that um, Chris Harrison responded when Matt James said, you know, these are my worries. I have a white mother, I have a black father, I don't want to piss black people off, and I don't want to piss white people off. And, you know, he talked for a good three minutes, which is a lot in TV time, about what he was experiencing. And Chris Harrison, Chris Harrison responded, well, that sounds like a lot of pressure. <laughs> well, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, I thought that that was so weird. Like, he should have said... Well, just so you know, we have you have our full support with whatever you choose. We won't try to push you in one direction or the other. And no matter who you choose, we'll support you in the aftermath. And instead, he's like, ooh, bummer. Wow. Tough being you. Yikes. 
<laughs> Give real. the guy some love. <laughs> and then, um, you know, just that what you were speaking to as how they are skirting around all of the issues. You know, we, as I was reflecting on this episode, I was thinking about how, we, how none of us can act like our dating preferences are apolitical. Right. We just can't. Um, I think most of us fall into patterns when it comes to who we choose to date. Mm-hmm. Patterns around race, around SES, ability, body type, right? Yep. Um, gender. And so for them to try to write this narrative of we just love who we love and we right. are all colorblind daters on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, um, it's just wishful and it's wishful thinking yeah and it's strange because we kind of saw that on Tasha's season where she a little bit I mean she she sort of mentions in a roundabout way that she's never dated a black person or like she doesn't say particularly any person of color but she's she kind of implies that she's only dated white men so you know for her, we all wanted her to end up with Ivan because we're like, this is the guy. But she's like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I've never been in that kind of relationship. It's never been modeled Straight for up. me. I don't know what to do. And we don't, I don't really know what Matt James's dating history has been like, but I would be super curious. Yeah, I, I tried to do a little bit of research. I did one Google and then I got bored. Okay, yeah. Because it's so, probably a lot of women. I mean, he's a very attractive guy and he played sports. So I feel like he's probably dating a lot of women. He's a very tall man. Yes. And tall in, in this world defines attractive. <laughs> it is. No, no. He's got a, a good looking face. Um, yeah. I'm sure he has dated a lot of women. I, I am really curious to see what his dating history looked like. But as I scrolled through his Instagram, um, I noticed that a lot of the people that he surrounds himself with are white. Well, so his best friend is Tyler Cameron, which we know. um, And obviously Tyler is white. And I don't know what, under what circumstances he moved to New York. Did he move to New York with Tyler? And have they kind Mm. of built their friendship group since then? I don't know. You know, I thought that was, um, did you notice his, like in the pictures they showed from before, his uh, picture from when he was at Wake Forest, when he no, was I in it. college, and he had and he had like a totally different hairstyle. Mm-mm, I must have missed that. Oh clip. my god, he had such cute like locks in his hair with like some blonde at the end. Oh yes, I did notice that. Yes, and then I was just like, oh my god. So I was trying to picture what Matt James in college was like. Right. <laughs> like who is he? Yeah, like who know, is he trying to be then that is different now? As a mixed race child, um, you know I can't. I'm not a mixed race child, so I can't speak to the experience. But I know that from what I've heard, you know, especially as a black child who grew up without the black side of his family, without that influence, um, I'm sure there's just a lot of questioning and a lot of self-exploration and a lot of experimenting right when it comes to race and so um maybe that's what we were seeing in his wake forest photo it's just yeah you know and he's, i, I he's love to see it but i was like different phases mm-hmm. i was like i want more i want more of that i want to know who more who matt james was growing up because i think his right. story is really interesting 
And right. like seeing him with his mom was really telling. The way their relationship yes. was very cute. It she's was cute. like she's very stylish. <laughs> yes. I thought it was a little bit awkward when they sat down and her one of her first questions to him was, When was the last time that you were vulnerable? <laughs> Like, they really set her up for a script on that one. Right? Who's, whose mom says that? I'd be like, uh. I know. I was like, I was cringing for but him. his reaction was so pure. He's like, I don't know. That's a good question. If, I, if my mom asked me that, I'd be like, yeah. oh, my God, shut up. <laughs> right. <laughs> mom. Stop. Well, I'm not going to be vulnerable now that you asked. <laughs> Jeez. Yes, he did answer in a way that was really genuine. I think he is kind of a nice guy. He, he seems, seems like, like a, nice a guy. really nice guy. And he seems like a mama's boy in, in a good way, if that makes sense. Like he is the kind of guy who's like, if what if he makes money is going to use it to help like take care of his mom, you know, like that kind of mama's yes. boy versus yes. not being able to clean up after himself type of mama's boy. Right. <laughs> Yeah. The other thing is that in that conversation, just coming back to that, he says that thing about like not wanting to piss off black people, not wanting to piss off um, white people. And he says the expectation is that he ends up with a certain type of person. Hmm. And like that was another example of them skirting around it. Like what exactly was he trying to say? You and I are on the same page. Yeah. What do you think he was trying to imply? Oh, he was definitely saying that black folks are going to be upset with him if he doesn't choose a black partner. Yes. And what about white people? Um, you know, I, I have a harder time. I mean, I think that, I don't know. You have to tell me. You I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if he was trying to, if he was saying, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the, if someone who is, I guess, is against an interracial couple, I guess, mm-hmm. wouldn't want him to end up with a white person. But also, I then mean, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think white folks would be pretty up in arms if he chose a black woman. Like, what okay. the heck is it? Now we've now we've sure. lost that. Now we don't even have. We don't even get to see white love. Yes. On the Bachelor. Right. Right. No. <laughs> right. In the end, she can't win. Why? Because she's a bad person. I don't think so. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. No, I think so, you're right about that. I do think you're right about that. So, but definitely when he was saying a certain type of person, I was like, "Come on, man, just say, say it. it. Just say it. You're gonna have a really long season if you refuse to say black or white, right? For the entire <laughs> yes. season. <laughs> yes. Especially because you have not only do you have like a significant chunk of white women on the show, they're I don't know. These women are white. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> fillers. Blonde. White. Yes, white. Like LA white. And and I'm not saying like Midwest white is better. I don't think it is. But like you do some of them you look at them and you're like, oh, okay. Have you thought about race at all in your life? Or have you also had this like you're you have pretty privilege and white privilege and probably wealth privilege all just kind of wrapped up into one and you're like living your Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. Orange County dreams. Yes, um, I noticed that about the white women as well. I, I well, there was one white woman, white one white woman with curly hair. Yes, like, MJ. Okay. 
She's a hairstylist, so I it could be just, a perm. Okay. Could be a perm. Right. <laughs> and I was like, all right, they threw in a curly-haired white woman. A white woman. We're, <laughs> we got some type of uh, diversity. Yeah, amongst the white women. White yeah, women it's look. like, no, right. Because <laughs> the rest of them all silly. look the same. You know, yes. okay, so I did the I did the math on on the women, and so I'm making some assumptions. Yeah. But from those assumptions, it looks like of the 32 women, 17 of them are white, 12 are black, mm. and three are other women of color. Okay. But I don't know for sure because I may have mislabeled. Okay, so... Mari says she's, that she's from Puerto Rico in the, her conversation with him. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so you can be, Puerto Ricans can be white, can be black, can be any, there's lots of types of Puerto Ricans. So I'm not sure what category she falls into. I don't know. So either either it's 53% white women or 50% white women, depending on like where Mari would I, identify herself. How do you think that compares to other seasons of The Bachelor? It's significantly different. Significantly. Mm -hmm. Because other seasons, it's usually, it's always like under 10 total, total people of color. Sure. And so that's like if you're Asian or black or Latinx or anything like that, that all is like generally less than a third. Right. This is significantly different. I was still like... Ooh, can we just go over that hump of not of having less than fifty percent white women? That would be cool. <laughs> we didn't I quite wonder, get there. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't. I don't think we ever will. And I wonder how much the contestants' preferences play into the women that are chosen for the show. I how is I, that communicated? I don't know. I don't think they play in very much based on okay. the interviews I've heard with previous leads Mm -hmm. I don't think they ask them a lot about who they want to be with because they do the casting before they even usually pick the person okay and then they finalize casting around that but a lot of these women were you know the longer the show's been going on the more that they've reached out to certain people and asked them to be on the show because even uh someone actually mentioned that um Rachel Rachel mentioned that the show reached out to her and so they'll okay. reach out to them and say, well, do you want to be on the show? They might say, The Bachelor's going to be so-and-so. And I feel like through that, we probably got some women that would not have normally said yes. I see. Like, I wonder about that. I was thinking about Chelsea, for example. She's like Remind the... Me? She She has really short hair. She's tall and sort of a... I think she's a model because she was doing some sort of model strut for him later on. Oh, yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking, would Chelsea have shown up on somebody else's season? I don't think so. You know, I always wonder about that because you'll see when the women sit down with him, and even last season with Tasha, they'll say, I'm only here because of you. Yeah. I heard it was you, and that's what, you know, motivated me to come on the show. Um, I think, I don't know. You know, I for the black women on the show, I, I wish they wouldn't. I just wish they wouldn't do this. <laughs> wouldn't um, say it? Because, yeah, because, you know, I will put good money on him not ending up with a black woman at the end of this show. Oh, that makes me feel so depressed. I will. But you're right. You know. You're right. I'll put my dog on it. 
No, not your dog. <laughs> you know how much I love my dog. That's Don't how confident you. I am. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Kelly, no. Kelly, you know Collie Grace. I know. Oh, no. If you're willing to give up your but, dog, you really believe he's going to end up with a white woman at the end of this? But the show is just not for black people. And the the more I see these women and black men on The Bachelorette just, like, put their hearts out there and really give it their all, I, I'm a bit crushed by it. I know. On and one hand, and on the other hand, I'm like, what did you expect? Right. Well, the problem is the rest of the staff... It's like your producer, if your producer is white and you're a contestant and you're black and your producer, it's your producer's job to get the best story out of you they can. Well, Mm -hmm. a white person is going to choose the storyline of overcoming blackness. Like that's what the storyline is constantly reinforced by white people. So you're right. Like they're going to try to be pushing that narrative of like, keep mentioning that how important it is to you that you're both black to the point where like now he's kind of turned off by the fact that we're constantly talking about it and we can't just be together. That is a good point. It's always, and that's why people like, I heard you mention that you have an issue with how much they're using the word diversity. Um, That's why people get upset with that. It's because now when two people of color sit down, when it's either Matt James and a woman of color or Matt James and, on, and a black woman, their entire conversation centers around the fact that they are black in the sea of whiteness, mm-hmm. right? And it's not about them as people anymore. It's them as figures. It's them mm-hmm. as, um, you know, representatives. Um, and it's always foregrounded. Their conversations are always foregrounded with you know, white supremacy. And I think that that, I mean, it obviously takes away from the amount of time that they actually get to discuss who they are as people and whether or not they're compatible. Mm. And fall into ease with each other. They, they right. have some yeah pretense to that. And I like, I think, you know, Ivan was probably the most put on display in that way. You know, where that was his really his his role became like educate the ABC audience yes. on race and George yes. Floyd. And like that probably even though it was important that that happened, it was also like probably a big roadblocker for him to really be able to get all the way there with Tasha to the point where she didn't even know he was agnostic until like the fantasy suite. I mean, Exactly. He didn't exactly. know she, she didn't know that basic tenet of his personality until like Exactly. Too First late. of all, for those of you who didn't hear me on the episode where we discussed Ivan, Ivan is my favorite contestant on The Bachelor or the Bachelorette of all time. Oh wow, I that's a heavyweight. I loved him. <laughs> um I just he just seemed like just a very wise soul. Mm-hmm. A genuine, authentic, wise soul. And um, but you're right, where the whole narrative that was spun around Ivan was about his family and you know their struggles with incarceration, and um it was just a lot of talk about how he's overcome all these challenges, um, rather than just, hey, this is who I am as a human being. Right, right, yep. And it's not like we should disregard the challenges that he has um, overcome, but we can't, we have to acknowledge the fact that 
black people and people of color are having to, you know, their, their narratives are being centered around challenges and overcoming. And for the, a lot of the white contestants, most of the white contestants, it's just about their humanity. Right. Yep. It's just about who they are. And it doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with their race because they're white. And that's like what ABC is just like, that's the norm. So we don't have to talk about it. Exactly. It, it, we got a print the preview. We got like this moment where I'm I whew, I'll be real curious what this conversation is like. Did you notice that in the preview for next of the coming season, one of the women I don't know who because they don't show their face says something like, um, "I don't see or I'm okay with all color or I don't see all color." Something like around that that statement of colorblindness mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. dating, and I was mm-hmm. just like, "Is that what this is going to be?" Or are oh, we going to yes. get a realer conversation than this? Or like, is this what it's going to be? Is that the white women are going to be like, I'm colorblind. And then like the black women are going to have secret conversations with him where they're like, isn't it nice? Isn't it nice to be together? Yes. I think they've already set the tone for the season to go in that direction. When Matt James had that first conversation with Chris Harrison. Yep. Harrison. Um <laughs> Did you see me almost go for Hanson again? <laughs> yes. I saw your eyes flick down to the screen to make sure you knew. <laughs> I'll be better by next week. And, um, yeah, definitely. I think that being colorblind, even after the year we had in 2020 um, with the George Floyd protests and seeing a lot of cities be lit aflame, to bring awareness to the violence that's occurring um, against black communities, even with all that, colorblindness is very still much in vogue. Oh, yes. With with white people and white communities. And um, I think that's a lot of what we're going to see. I think so, too, because it's like, you know, most white people have never examined how race plays a role in their lives at all. And so then the next step, once they start that examination, is to stop examining it and just start saying, like, I'm, I'll minimize our differences and I'll just say we're all the same. And it's like, that's, that's not right. the point. <laughs> that's not actually how you tell stories about people. You don't just say, like, in the end, we're all the same. You can't just say that's love right. is love. Like, it's not that easy. Mm-mm. Because if you have children but- together, like, if you're a white, if you're a white contestant and you're going to have children with this this man that you're allegedly going to marry, then you need, you better come into that situation with a better understanding of race than just like, oh, I, it's fine because I have a black husband and a, and a mixed baby. Like, right. Well, uh, <laughs> but then again, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's not, um, it's reckless to speak about race in that way or to not speak about race at all. But yeah. then again, we're watching, a, we're watching The Bachelor ABC. on ABC. <laughs> and that's ABC. why people like you or myself, are not on the show because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we wouldn't make it past the first row ceremony. But I am so curious to hear more from some of these women because I'm just like, you know, like Maggie, for example, who's like, not only is she from a completely different country and like is not a citizen, I don't think. She's only here oh, for Maggie. graduate school, right? She's older. Mm-hmm. She's in. She's getting her doctorate and she's from Ethiopia. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. she's got some real good ideas. I don't know what they are yet, but I want to hear her speak. I want to know more from Chelsea because I'm like, what? How did Chelsea get here? 
Like yeah. literally, I've never seen somebody with short hair and like almost bald headed. Like yep. that per- that haircut is like makes a statement on its own. One hundred percent. And her dress, like everything about her was like, I love myself and I am fully who I am. And I was just like, I need more Chelsea in my life. (laughs) So maybe some of those women will like pull that conversation out, but I just don't know yet. I don't know. I don't either. And you know, I'm very pessimistic Mm -hmm. when I think about whether or not that will happen. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that that's the platform for this. Or whether or not it'll be shown. Yeah. But those, that's ABC's, uh, you know, their continued Black Lives Matter statement. Yes. <laughs> Just one big black box. And with that, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the women, each and every 32 one of them. And we're back. So uh, there are 32 women. We're not going to spend a lot of time on each one, but I do want to zip through all of them so we can remember their names. It's really hard to do these first few episodes. I always have to have my notes out and I always have the picture of the women up pulled up on my computer because otherwise I can't remember who they are. Um, Genius. Genius. Yes. So there are some really standout standout women that we'll talk about, but for the most part, we'll just zip through. So first we have Brie. 24. She pops out of the limo. She seems super calm, super sweet, really great. Um, then we have Rachel. We see her later. She's the one that talked to him um, about the show approaching her. And they, she felt like they're on the same page together. You know, they kind of clicked in the cocktail party. Oh, my goodness. You yeah, know which one Rachel, I'm talking about? Yeah. I think so. Was Rachel the one who, after the prayer, which I put in bold letters uh, in my <laughs> notes, the prayer... <laughs> After the prayer, began to cry and say she needed a moment right in front of the camera. I can't remember if that was her because at that at that moment, I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I was imagining myself in this situation and I couldn't stop picturing that. I was like, oh, this is where I'd be eliminated. Is he would be like, let's do a prayer. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> you know what? I thought about that as well I said how many of these women will actually say you know I don't pray when they sit down with him and they all put their heads down just apparently zero mm. all of them just immediately (laughs) eyes closed heads down I was like what I would be in the I would be in the back like (laughs) not only was it eyes closed heads down it was tears of them being so moved by the gesture yes they were like and you know what really stood out to me is how many times he said like our Lord God or like he really mm. went in. It was very Christian. You know what I'm saying? So I think that if it was like a prayer, just a general prayer, like uh, God guide us all. And I hope, you know, whatever. I feel like I would have been more on board with that, but it was like super Christian. And I yes, just was unsure was. of even how to what I'm like, Ooh, if I was in that situation, I, just, I wouldn't even know where to put my hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Actually, I would know because. I went to a parochial school for 12 years. Okay, so I, I had exactly no training. Where to put my hands. I had I had no training, so but, I really don't know where to put my hands. But I was just I could not believe when he said, you know, I've thought about what I would say for this first toast for so long, but I'm just throwing all that out the window and I really just want to pray in this And moment. it's a, and but it's a very good pr- like a very scripted I prayer. Said, Come on. It was clearly you, what he wrote. You, yeah, that's what you've been practicing. It's okay. <laughs> 
It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. And also, it really, it really, like, if I was a contestant, I would be like, and I should probably leave. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. I'm glad it's I quarantined. Been it's been Can real. Can I take this bottle of champagne <laughs> with me? You seem no, to honestly, have a lot of them. I would try to stick it out through at least the first trip. Would you? Oh, come on. You went all that way. You oh, went man, all that right. way. It's okay. Like, he can do his, he can be his thing, and I, I wouldn't be for him. Like, I'm not for him, let's be honest. And, <laughs> for a million reasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first trip in quarantine isn't like the first trip in, of trips past. No, it's true. And you're not going on a trip this season at all. I think they're just stuck at the uh, penicillin. What's it called? The uh, Pensacola? Humongous mansion. Amazing. What was it? Oh, the Nemecolon. There we go. What what an amazing place compared to La Quinta. How unfair did Tasha have it? I'm more (laughs) of a La Quinta gal myself. No. (laughs) No. I like like green grass and being outdoors and sun. But I was looking at that mansion. Say Mm -hmm. the name of it again. Nemecolon. I'll never be able to say that. Actually, I'll, I'll probably refuse for the entire season. But I was looking at the windows and I was thinking, do each of them get their own room? I was thinking the same thing. It's such a large building. They could each have a couple rooms. Whoa. If they each get their own room, that's like, wow. Did you see, though, where Matt James is staying? He's literally living in a mansion by himself. Yes. He gets his mm-hmm. own mansion and then they get a mansion and it's just insane. I, I mean... It does, I think it does um, improve the producers' outcomes if they do stick all the women into the rooms where they're bunked in eights. I think that that probably Absolutely. produces more drama than 100%. being able to go to your room. But they might limit their ability to be alone in the rooms. Yeah, you know they have to control that in some way. Because otherwise, yeah. somebody smart like me would just come out when I'm when I, I'm under contractual agreement to come yes, out right, and then run away and be by myself the entire time. I'd be reading books the whole time, just like, ah, uh, crushing it, yes. 50 books down. All right. Anyway, reading, back to the writing, women. Going to the pool, relaxing. <laughs> right. Back to the women. Then we have okay. Sarah, who's 24. She's the one whose dad has AS, who has ALS. Okay. Um, then we have Jasenia. She's 27. Chelsea, 28. We already talked about Chelsea. Um, Mari, she's 24. She's the one from Puerto Rico. Maggie, mm-hmm. 32 from Ethiopia. Carolyn, 30. I said I I don't know. I have nothing for her. Sydney, 28. Uh, Kristen, who's the attorney, um, who we saw in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Anna, she's 24. She's like the one that you would just label blonde. That you would she would just be defined as blonde as a person. Um, yep. I'm <laughs> Kayla right now. Yeah, Kayla, Kayla, she's the one who rolled up in the pickup truck and just like absolutely won the night. She had sweet tea. She was like full I have North a Carolina. About Kayla. Okay, let me hear it. Yes. She the sweet tea was cute. Um during the previews for the next episode, did you see where Chris Harrison was going to move the pickup truck? No, no. Did you see that no. part? No. Okay, so he goes to move he goes to move the pickup truck and Matt James is like, "Well, let me hop in there with you." And First of all, I guess Kayla was sitting on a pillow, which was hilarious to both of them. Because she was like, like too short to reach. up pillow <laughs> yeah, for, the, for the truck. And then as Chris Harrison's getting in, he goes, this girl drives a stick. <laughs> and I just couldn't get over, first of all, calling a, 
a full 28 year old woman a girl <laughs> <laughs> and then just being astounded that but she could she drive was a stick shift skillful with a stick shift yeah. well do you think chris harrison can drive a stick i feel like maybe not he was probably like oh we need somebody else <laughs> um he probably sat on the pillow yes exactly so then we saw serena 24 she trips coming out of the limo then we mm-hmm. saw Serena, another Serena, who's 22. She uses a step stool. Um, Alicia, 24, the ballet, the ballerina that went home first okay. night. Sine, she's 25. She wore those goat slippers. Oh, yes. That was horrible. <laughs> that, um, That's such a that bad look. That fits into my, my bachelor archetypes comments. Okay. What, what archetype does she, does she fit? Well, she's the goofy outfit. Yes. She's like um, when Alexis came as the shark and she was like, yes, I'm a dolphin. Always, yes. yes. Or some dude will come in a Speedo. Yeah. There's always a goofy outfit. We had a couple of those, too, because then then we had Alana who did the noodle and a kiss, which I was like, it's super not OK to just start off with a kiss without any consent. It's super just, not OK. It's not OK. And just because you've been quarantined and you've been COVID tested, you know, you don't have to slurp each other's noodles. Right. <laughs> At least wait until the fantasy suite to slurp a nude. Also, if it was a man doing that to a woman, we would be like, no, that is sexual right. assault. He needs to leave. But every season of The Bachelor, some woman comes on and is like, I'm bold and daring because I kiss someone without any consent or warning. <laughs> uh, and then... It then really we had wasn't okay. no, it wasn't okay. Then we had Kaylee, twenty six, underwear girl. She wore her mm-hmm. underwear. Did she not look like super uncomfortable with that choice? Yeah, she didn't look like she enjoyed it. I, I mean, yes, she looked very uncomfortable. Yeah, I think the producers were like, "Why don't you?" I'm just not wear your upset underwear? that she was in her underwear, but. It, it seemed very forced. It did seem forced. And the, and the, I also think she was probably like, uh, can I wear a robe? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm sure. They were like, yes. all right. Um, so then we have um, Abby. She's the one who's, or I, I shouldn't call her Abby. Her name is Abigail on the show. I just immediately gave her the nickname Abby for no reason. She's 25. She's deaf. She is the one that he gave the first impression rose to mm-hmm. and kissed. I like Loved her right away. Yeah, she's cool. She's she seems like she's got good energy. She's yeah. pretty chill. She seems relatively sure of herself compared to the other women. I agree. Even and, and she's for being twenty five. I felt like she ex- exuded energy of a of a older, more wiser person. Mm. She's I got that her. Ivan energy. She does. I she does. Um, then we have Corinne, who's twenty two. I just wrote tall. Um, <laughs> Marilyn. 28, Imani, 25, Lauren, 29, Piper, 23, MJ, 23. She's the one who came in the pizza car, which I I don't know why. It really got to me when Matt James said, is that a pizza car? Because I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, is it called a pizza car? And I just didn't know that. <laughs> a pizza car? I'm sorry, I, I just think it's a car. I've never heard the phrase pizza car. I was <laughs> when he said that, I thought she was gonna but roll really up on a slice of pizza. I ask myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually 
actually had to stop and ask myself if it was called a pizza car. <laughs> no, it's a pizza delivery car. I think car. it's a pizza delivery car. The car itself is not pizza. What the like, Because he said, is that a pizza car before we saw the car? So I was like, oh, my God, a pizza car? That's going to be amazing. Like a slice of pep just rolling up on four wheels. And instead it was just like a white car and it had a little tag on the top that said pizza. And I was like... That's a pizza delivery car. I'm just Matt <laughs> James has been raised to think it's called a pizza car, and now he says it like fact. And someone needs to tell him that's something he learned that is incorrect. Oh, my goodness. Your two things. Your use of a slice of pep has just made my day, <laughs> first of all. And second of all, the pizza car brings me to my second bachelor bachelorette archetype, which is the funny, ironic car person. Yes. Yes. Like the guy who called himself a silly car. Yeah. Like the guy who rolled up in a cupcake and then his name became <laughs> Cupcake for the rest of the season. I don't remember exactly. whose season that was even on. Becca's? Caitlin's? It was so long ago. You're better at me. You're better than me at that. <laughs> okay, then we had Katie, 29. She's the one with the vibrator. I took a lot of issues with the vibrator, okay? Because I thought, Tell fine, you it. brought your vibrator. Why did yeah. ABC black out it out? Thank but not, you. not on the promo photos. On the promo oh. photos, it was just her holding a vibrator, but on the show, it was a black box. I wish you could see my notes. It says the blurred out vibrator. That's all. Is I that? Write. I mean, is that is a vibrator like bad on TV? I guess you can't show things that are phallic. <laughs> I I I honestly was questioning all of this myself. I was thinking about all the things that are allowed. On so. ABC. No more, no more pencils. <laughs> and the fact that the vibrator, we cannot look at the vibrator. We'll and it was a, she's right. It's a pretty vibrator. Like when you see the pictures, yeah, it is pretty. It's very pink. Yeah. It's got it like a expensive. second piece. It looks. It's. I think it's one of those rabbits that rotates. Anyway, I got sick of that bit immediately. Immediately. Yeah. That's the bachelor archetype. First night, the bit that goes on for too long. The bit that goes on for too long and the lewd one. Yes. now And she's both. And now it's her whole personality. And the thing is, oh. I feel like Katie, from like when I'm reading between the vibrator lines, she's like mildly interesting. She's like kind of funny. I actually think you and I might get along with Katie. But in this world, she's like trying to be a comedian and nobody's laughing. Because and now she's just a chick with the vibrator, right? She's the chick with the vibrator, and she's like carries herself weird, like she's never worn a fancy dress. Did you notice that? She's wearing that the dress is absolutely wearing her. She's like, ah, mm. how do you wear mm -hmm. so many sparkles? And it's like, that's you're on the bachelor, get it together. <laughs> that's how I think I would be carrying myself if I were on the show. Me too, and that's why she needs to go because it's she's too relatable. It's weird. <laughs> and second of all. The vibrator, you're right. It got old quickly. It's not that scandalous, um, but it was made out to be this just hilarious, scandalous gesture to bring and a the vibrator. Woman who was... And then it kept coming up even after the prayer. Yes. No, yeah. Was it after the prayer when oh, he noticed yeah. the vibrator and he pointed it out again and everybody laughed? Yeah. They were like, oh, my God, Matt. <laughs> also, when she tapped Mari on the shoulder... I just think that moment when Mari is talking about her her grandparents in Puerto Rico potentially dying in several hurricanes and her being afraid for their lives, 
And then and then Katie coming up and tapping her on the shoulder with a vibrator. That is the bachelor <laughs> defined. That is it. It's like people want to pour their tragedy out right away and we get the hit with yeah. that hard. And at the same time, someone's hitting you on the shoulder with a vibrator. That's how I would define no. watching the show. <laughs> that was a quintessential bachelor, bachelorette moment. It was. I mean, first you have of all, 30 what are, seconds to talk about your trauma. Go. Right. Just what a kidding, question. it's 27 seconds and there's a vibrator on your shoulder. Right. What a question for Matt James to ask in an opening conversation with someone. She said, I'm from Puerto Rico. And he was like, wow, that must be difficult with all those tragic hurricanes. It's like, okay, <laughs> start somewhere else. Wow, what's the, the thing, like, though, what's the most popular food? Like, I don't know. That's the thing. Like wh- what we've been talking about, like when somebody is, because you, like you said, a white woman from Puerto Rico, you know, she's racialized differently in Puerto Rico than she is in the United States. And that's all very complex yes. and complicated. Yeah. But like you could see in that moment, he sees her as a woman of color because of the type of question that he asked. Oh, yeah. wow. Puerto Rico. How about those hurricanes? Like that must be really <laughs> yes. terrible. Right. 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 Um, He's like, oh, my gosh, you get to go to the beach every day. Right. Right. He doesn't, yeah, he, he's not like, ooh, sunny. <laughs> wow, like beautiful beaches. Like, no, you're right. Can you talk about your trauma later? Yeah, and then she, sla- she slaps her with the dildo. And she was upset for a long time. <laughs> Mari told everybody in the house. She was like, and then she came over with her dildo on my shoulder. Wouldn't you? Next thing I know. <laughs> but wouldn't you? Yes. I would march right in there. I'd have a little more fun with it, I think. Be like, I think I'd that probably, woman. I was thinking this, okay? You're talking yeah. about James for 30 seconds about your family trauma. Someone taps you on the shoulder with a vibrator and says, can we trade places? I'd be like, sure, if I get to have the vibrator. <laughs> if you're going to leave me stranded, at least give me something to play with. And then I would go back in the house and I would hide it. And I've never let her see it again. That's what I would do. And I wouldn't tell a soul that I had it. So no one... So if she was like, where is it? I'd be like, oh, I just put it on the table. <laughs> She'd, Hiding it. The staff would, would find it after the whole thing was over. <laughs> Hiding it would be a very smooth move. I like that you added that. Um, but yeah, there had to be some kind of consequences for her busting in, first of all. Yes. And B, for her doing it with the vibrator. Yes. I did a pre- What's the vibrator woman's name? MJ. Oh, MJ? Katie. The vibrator Katie. is called MJ. <laughs> That's right. I did appreciate how she was like, you know, some of these women didn't plan ahead. Yeah, I did. I'm gonna be here for the long haul. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that I'm taken care of. Yes, I'm going to take care of myself in my big private bedroom in Nemecolon. Uh, okay, let's finish with the women. We have Amber, Kimberly, Cassandra, Eliana, and then our final two, Kit and Victoria. So Kit, we got to talk about Kit, okay? Kit is 21, calls herself a fashion designer, but Mm -hmm. she's actually the daughter of a fashion designer. Cynthia Rowley is her mom, and Cynthia Rowley is a fashion designer. So she calls herself that, but that's not her job. She's only 21 years old. She's not a fashion designer. That's a very important distinction. It's an important distinction. I appreciate that you've done your research around Kit. Yes. Well, because right away she stuck out to me. Obviously the dress she was intending to stick out. But what's what also stuck out to me was just like you could tell a lot of a lot of people that come on the show they're like influencers they're from mm-hmm. like regular families or maybe like slightly wealthy families and they just want to be famous on the internet just for being themselves right. and they're like they're like 
in the influencer world, and that's a totally different world than the socialite world. The socialite world is like old money. It's like you only dress a certain way. You have to act a certain way. And I, I just cannot wait to see her clash with these like lip filler women who like want to make a cool TikTok. But like I just can't to. wait. She wants the clash. Yes, you she's already excited know for it. she's in there to stir things up. Yeah, and I know she is an archetype, but I can't put my finger on what we call Kit. Like, is she Tiara? Is she like Tiara? Do you remember Tiara? I'm sure you didn't see that season, but yeah. Oh, how do, how could I forget? Okay, Tiara is um, the one who steals more time. She's the villain. Yes, she's a villain for That's a lot of ways, but she also like Victoria. Yeah, that's Victoria. But I don't know. She has a little bit of... Kit is, like, very... She's aware of how to be manipulative. And Victoria is just so stupid. So stupid. There we go. So delusional. And, yeah, Victoria is delusional. She's also the drunk one. Yeah. that was, I did think she was drunk coming out of the limo. <laughs> she seemed very drunk. Um and Kit reminds me of, and you're going to hate that I don't remember this person's name. She kind of looked like Kit. She was young like Kit. She went on Paradise and Demi? came out. Demi? Demi! Ooh, I feel like if Demi heard you say that. <laughs> well, I know it's, it's probably an unpopular opinion, but they both came in with this energy like, I am here to, I'm going to win the show. Chaotic. I will be the center of attention. Yes. I will get what I want. I will pull the puppet strings of this entire production. And y'all are just going to have to accommodate me. Yeah, no. So that is exactly how Demi came in. I will say Demi came in more like, like Kit's coming from this world of sort of socialite elitist New York. And Demi came from like trailer park chaos you know what I mean it's like oh, their was, chaotic energy is just different yeah <laughs> do you remember Demi's storyline was that her mom was in prison at the yes, time that I she do. was on the season I do. yeah okay so she mm -hmm. had like a slightly different upbringing but they both carry that same energy we have to talk about Victoria because I hate her yeah already let's do that and I I I try okay look everyone on the show is beautiful but Victoria is not I'm so <laughs> sorry I don't normally say that stuff on the show I really don't, but it's like, she just looks like if I went on and I just didn't even put any effort in. <laughs> I mean, she definitely <gasps> is different than the other women. It stands out. That's it stands me starting, out. Yeah. <laughs> All That's these other women. skirting <laughs> around your previous comment the same okay. way that okay, they're skirting what. around race. Here's what I'm going to say. Every what? woman on the show, like, has... They got the best hair extensions. Yes. They have the best wig. They have the best colorist. They all have perfect hair, right? And she just comes out with like <laughs> lanky, too long, because maybe she didn't get enough cuts in COVID. Lanky, not even curled, just straight lengths of greasy brown hair. And I was like, <laughs> what is happening here? But don't you think that some of these characters are plants and that they're I mean, just characters. They're not actual contestants. Yeah. I mean, they're not like, I think that, I think that she thinks she's a contestant. I 100% she thinks, she thinks she's going to get far like on the show. Just, oh, I feel like she was just 
kind of paid to be a trouble starter. I feel like you can find a lot of people who have that kind of uh, self-involvement who think they they can win and they're obviously not going to. I could feel, I could think of a few in my own life. (laughs) (laughs) You know where you're like, oh, pick her because she's absolutely trash. She's just a train wreck (laughs) waiting to happen. Can't wait to put her on the show. And that's the thing about Victoria. She is... She fills so many Bachelor yes. Bachelor archetypes. Yes, she does. She's the train wreck. She's the drunk one. Yeah. She's the villain who steals more time. Yes. <laughs> what else? <laughs> She's the producer's pet because I'm sure the producers were like, why don't you go back and talk to him again? And then when she did, and the, she was like, she probably said to a producer, oh, I don't know, I've talked to him twice already. And the producer was probably like, well, you should tell the other girls to talk to him. So then she walks around the house going to all the other girls like, okay, babe. Put down that wine and st- and go get your time. She was like, all right, queen, you look and in the mirror and you tell yourself it's time for Matt James. Like she was trying to get everybody to go get time with him. And they were like, shut up. Like, stop existing around me. Don't talk near me. I could I felt like I could smell her breath through the screen. I'm sorry. I oh, just yes. cannot stand her. And I know I know I, it's edited to make me feel that way. And it's working. It's working. Um, you forgot the part where the producers give her a shot of tequila as well. Yes. <laughs> also, her lips are so thin. It's like that. It's like the upper lip is completely gone. I wish our listeners could see what, you're <laughs> what doing I just with your did lips right now. You know that thing where you tuck the top <laughs> lip in, shows your yeah. whole teeth. That's how she looked. She was like uh, trying to do that sexy she- face, but <laughs> she had glo- okay. I'm I'm almost done. She had no upper lip. And I'm like, okay, look, I'm not all for the fillers either. But, like, know the game. You know, play the game. Play the game how the player plays. And she came in with no lips. She also just took some, she took some, like, eyeshadow on her fingers and just kind of mashed it onto her Mm -hmm. eyes. This, like, extreme glitter eyeshadow. So it gave her these, this raccoon circles underneath her eyes by the end of the night. And... Like she, the dress just looked bad on her. It looked like it had never been up and tailored. It was from David's bridal. It was like from their from their princess selection. She didn't even get it tailored. It was like too too low, hanging too low. It had you cut out in the wrong places. I was going to get married at one point in my life, and I went to David's bridal. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with David's bridal. I'm saying you, if you're getting married at David's bridal, you go to David's bridal and then you get it fitted. She just pulled it yeah. off the rack. She just pulled off the rack and walked out. I don't really take offense to your... Yes. Victoria is <laughs> extremely thin-lipped. You're right. Um, and the thing is, Victoria's an entire mess, yes. as you pointed out. And she got to stay for another round. I and that's know. Like, it's not even... It's a joke, you know? I know. These black women come in and they're perfect and they're doing every... Like, they're playing the role properly. Yeah. As you said. Right. Yeah. Um, and then somebody like a Victoria can come in and she's just a complete drunken joke. And that's why I think it's scripted, because why do they always keep the messes around? Well, I do think the producers are like, uh, so you got to keep Victoria. I don't necessarily think that he. OK, at, th- at this point, you have 32 women. Right. So yeah. he goes into the back room and he's like, here's the 10 I want. Here's the 10 I want to keep. Here's the five I'm interested in knowing about. Here's the 17 I don't care about. And they're like, all right, Mm -hmm. well, we want to keep 
these women for a little longer because you're not going to end up with them anyway. That's fine. We'll just keep them around for entertain- mm-hmm. entertainment value. And like the first, you know, Alicia, Amani, and I think Corinne are the three that went home the first night. None mm-hmm. of them ha- made any sort of impact on the night. Right. Yeah. Like, it's a hard, they were like, they're probably more slow burn people and they just didn't like hit right away. Or maybe he just didn't find them attractive. He just didn't have a connection with them. But when you see it happen, you're like, oh, those three women set aside their lives to come here. And now they get sent home and he keeps Victoria. Right. And he keeps, he keeps vibrator girl. But it's, that part's not him. I, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. Well, the slow burners are probably the healthiest individuals out of all the contestants. The ones who don't vomit their entire lives in the first 15 seconds of meeting him. Yep. Um, And I think Matt James was having a similar thought as he was watching them walk away. Did you see how regretful he looked at the women as they were walking out? Yeah, I'm sure he felt bad. And also because, like we had just said, he sent home two black women on the first night. And... Corinne, he sent home two black women and a, and a white woman. So, you know, it's like making the odds a little bit even worse right off the bat just to keep around some jokes. Makes me sad. Makes me depressed. It's did, you, did you also notice how when they left, it was like 7 a.m.? I mean, the sun was literally yes, up. It was, the sun was still up. That never happened. Not still up. It was re-up. It was up again. It was the next morning. My jaw is on the floor. It was the next morning. Like, it was the next that morning enough that my, it, I couldn't I, make sense of it. I said, why are they doing this shot of the outside of the mansion during the daytime? No, it's the next it's day. It's clearly nighttime. It's oh the, it was goodness. like the early morning hours. Oh, Could you imagine? And that just goes to show that you can't just go back to your room in the mansion and just no. kick it for the rest of the night. No, no. Stay out there. And drink cocktails in your cocktail dress. Yep. And just keep looking pretty and trying your best <laughs> to be noticed. Which is, it is remarkable that they didn't, some of the women didn't get time with him if if it was going for like nine hours like that. I just can't imagine. I don't know. Um, so let's just talk about the other couple big points that came up. The His first yeah. kiss with his first impression, Rose, Abigail. That seemed like fully initiated on his part. Like he is very interested in her. It did. You know, call me a skeptic. Okay. Call me cynical. Okay. But Matt James also has an image to uphold. I'm, I'm listening. not saying that he's not. In, yeah. I'm not saying that he's not interested in. Um, say her name again. Abigail. I, I'm not saying he's not interested in her. I'm just saying it's a really it's really good for optics sake. You know, to Ooh, that's give a the slice and a dice. Rose. That's a slice and a I dice. I said it. But he did kiss her. He kissed her. Okay, so you're saying he's like <laughs> the nice jock in school who's like giving her a chance because he feels bad for her? I don't think it's that he feels bad. I think it's more about his image and his ego than anything else. You, we, okay. we know that he's very concerned with how he comes off. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. made that very evident and he's um, communicated it very clearly. And so I just think more than feeling bad for her, 
he knows what is going to be a good look. Okay. I have kind of a different hot take. And Go you can ahead. tell me what you think about this. I think he looks at women like Mari and Rachel, and he mm-hmm. sees the women he's dated in the past. Where they're mm. very, I mean, those women are very attractive. Mm-hmm. They're very done up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Very they're much kind so. of dangerous in the sense that they're probably could hurt him pretty bad. And <laughs> maybe they're a little less stable. And he sees them and thinks, I've gone down this road a million times. Matt, don't go down this road. Don't immediately fall in love with this girl. Mm. And then he sees Abigail and he's like, she's gorgeous. But right. she's different than the other girls I've dated. She's gorgeous in a way that's more like girl next door. She's more like sweet. She's more thoughtful. Sure. She's more patient. Sure. This is the type of woman I should be wanting to be with. Mm. And I am physically attracted to her. So I'm going to take the first move here instead of taking the first move with these other women who I would normally dive in with. That was my take, but I might be giving him more credit than he deserves on that. You know, I can see that, and I'm not going to entirely disagree with you. Um, I am just very much a cynic. Yeah, you have sort of a 90s teen movie take on that. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, as lovely as Matt James comes on off, he's still a contestant on The Bachelor. And in the end, he's still a man, isn't he? He's still a man. We got to remember that. (laughs) And we know that he's obsessed with his image. He's just very scared of judgment. And he Mm -hmm. really wants to come off as the good guy. Mm -hmm. And how Uh, would you do that if you were in his position? That is tough because I really like Abigail and I hope that it's genuine because I, I, I I'm don't. rooting for her. I'm rooting for her. Okay, okay. Okay. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in the future. I like your take on it, though. It's very harsh. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. I, I, refuse, um, I refuse to take it back, though. The other thing I had to bring up is Again, Victoria, this is this is the last thing I'm going to say about her. But how have you, <laughs> you never heard? Yourself. How have you never heard the phrase "drinking through a fire hose"? That's Why does someone I have to explain Victoria that to you? Victoria is real. She's not real. They <laughs> She's said an AI. She's a robot. The dumbest questions you could imagine. Just just act like you don't get anything he's saying. And the whole time, try to flirt with him while he's just saying words. She was like, "How do you feel?" And he was like, oh, I just feel like it's drinking through a firehouse. And she was like, oh, what does that mean? I don't understand. He was like, and you know, he like. he actually explained it He to explained her. it. And she's like, well, I hope I'm a good firehouse drink from. And he's like, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was <laughs> like so disgusted you, by that the response. Point, I laid out the point and you still missed it. Yeah. Okay? Because the point is that gra- it's not a fire. No. I don't want a firehouse. <laughs> she was willfully refusing to grasp on to the concept of drinking yes. out of a fire hose. But it makes me At which think point of, I said, Victoria is a me, plant. <laughs> yes, she is. It makes me think of the uh, Ken, Ken Marino made a spoof show called Burning Love about The Bachelor. And on it, he's a firefighter, like vying for, the women are vying for his love. And he gives out hoses and says, will you accept my hose at the end of each episode? Mm-mm. And there is a character exactly like Victoria on the show. Drunk the whole time. Super sloppy and like always flirting through words that make no sense to flirt with. Like, I hope I'm the kind of hose you want to drink from. (laughs) (laughs) They should have cast her for that show. Yes, they should have. But yes, if you haven't seen that, I recommend it. There are like three seasons of it and it's so good. 
the seasons get progressively better too and more produced, so it's really good. Um, I'm anyway, have to check it out. Yes. So we ha- we went through a lot. Did we cover all of your archetypes, or did you see a couple more in there that you wanted Ooh. to touch on? No, I think we actually covered them all. Okay. And I just really appreciate how there's overlap. You know. Yes. <laughs> like how Victoria <laughs> takes up most of them. Certain <laughs> ar- archetypes. Yeah. I hope the archetype we don't see is one they've done before. Now that we have a lot more black women on the show, maybe this is maybe we're less likely to go down this this path. But I think about Jubilee. Do you remember Jubilee? I do. She was she ex-military. Was, uh, yeah, she was a veteran. She was like, at the point when she left the show, she was the only, I, I, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think she was the only black woman left on the show. Mm. And all of the, she she gave Nick a massage. Mm-hmm. That was like the date that she was on. All the women turned against her. In this oh, yeah. really awful way. And they made her seem weirdly over-sexualized and all yeah. of this stuff. And then she was upset by that. And she sh- sort of shut yeah. down. And then they painted her as being aggressive. And I was like, yeah. okay, so every stereotype you could think of for a black woman, you just did it in one episode? Exactly. But then after that, so you're right. She withdrew and then she was overly withdrawn. And then she, you know, she was too aggressive when she responded. Mm -hmm. And then every edit that they made around her was fulfilling these stereotypes. Yep. And yeah, I'm with you in that. I hope they don't do that, but I, I wouldn't put it past them. It's I wouldn't put it past them either. It's also the producers and the editors. I hope they. Because of the number of black women on this season, I hope they find a way. I hope they don't just spread the stereotypes out. I hope they just find a way to work around those and find producers that are better at, at recognizing when they're doing that. Well, I don't know, though. If it's all white producers, they're going to get themselves in trouble. Only time I, I'd be curious to see the makeup of the staff. I'm just saying. Me too. Let's see, let's see some behind the scenes. Maybe I'll do a little research. Please. Well, speaking of behind the scenes, we need to wrap it up because it has been a long time. Already? Already. It's been a long time. It's already been an hour and a half that we've been chatting. And, you know, I just want to say I have good feelings about this season. I'm very excited to watch it. I think there's going to be a lot of mess, a lot of drama, a lot of hopefully, hopefully there's some good connections. Hopefully there's some hot makeouts. Yes. You know, I'm not going to say no to a little more of Matt James without a shirt. I'm not going to say no. You know what? I won't either. (laughs) Now that I think about it. Now that I think about it, if you're going to ask me, my answer is no. It's fine. You can go ahead and do that. All right. Well, with that being said, we know you listeners are equally excited to talk about the show. So feel free to reach out to us at... You get a rose on Instagram at you get a rose on Twitter. I tweeted all last night. So go like my tweets. It makes me feel important. And um, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at you get a rose or you can email us hello at you get a rose.com. Thank you so much to my brand new co-host for this season. Wow. J.I. Diggs, give it up for yourself. Okay, you know, I will. And I'll give it up for you as well. And I just want to say thank you for bringing me in on the season. There is so much to discuss. 
and I'm just excited to break it down with you every week. I can't wait. Um, thank you to our producer, Beth Gibbs, and to My Talk 1071 for being our host. And you know what, everybody? We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. See you later. For more on the show, visit yougetarose.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at yougetarose. You Get a Rose is a podcast from My Talk 1071. Hear more great podcasts on mytalk1071.com.